Thank you. Good morning. What a pleasure to be standing here at the beginning of a year. Hi. 2016. Have to excuse me. I've had a chest cold, so I'm sucking sweets and probably coughing and spluttering. So today might be a bit different because um, I'm actually not going to do all the, the talking. I'm going to ask some of you to help. So um, please don't sit there and say, not me, not me. <laughs> okay, well, I hope this morning is going to be a learning morning that we can actually learn from each other, um, that we can discover stuff about what's happening around us and about the people that are around us. And I'll tell you what kind of prompted me or started me on this train of thought. Um, a few weeks ago, um, it was a Saturday morning, and my Saturday mornings, like many of you, I'm sure, are busy. I had a 9 o'clock meeting, and I had a 10 o'clock meeting. So off I went and hopped into my car. And uh, my car is the kind of car that you have to put the clutch in in order to start it. You know, I mean, even if you're in neutral, I think it's probably because people have turned the key on and it's gone jumping forward and hit the garage wall or something. So you have to put the clutch in and then you can start the car. I put the clutch in and nothing happened. And my car was, I mean, it's a new car. It was bought in August. So I put the clutch in again and it wouldn't start. And I put the clutch in again and it wouldn't start. And I just thought, this is insane. You know? I mean, even things like I looked at the key. I thought, you know, it's just really stupid. It's like it's the wrong key. It's not even going to turn anyway. Did nothing. Engine wouldn't catch nothing. So I ended up phoning my 9 o'clock and saying, I'm very sorry. You know, my car, I'm trying to get my car started. I'll be late. And in the end, I had to phone my 10 o'clock and say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to make it. And this stupid thing, and I prayed. In Jesus' name, you know. Bind the devil. My car is going to start. Put the key in. Nothing. So then now what? So in the back of my mind, I suddenly remembered, well, I have this thing called roadside assistance, which is really funny when your car is in the garage. But anyway, I phoned the dealer and I said, is this a ridiculous thing to do? They said, no, no, that's the best thing you can do. So sure enough, a little while later, this truck arrives. It's a flat deck truck. It's this huge truck because they're going to pull my car up on top of it. And the guy says to me, he gets out and he says, can I just ask what's the matter? I said, no, the stupid thing won't start. Um, he said, well, have you put the clutch in? I said, yeah, I put the clutch in. It's like, yes, I put the clutch in, you know. And he says, well, you have to push it all the way to the floor. So I said, I know. So he said, can we just try? So, fine, get in the car and uh, put the clutch in. It won't start. It's like, hello, I'm putting it all the way to the floor. It won't start. Oh, he said, but there's something stuck. And he took the rubber mat, you know, the thing, the carpet thing, and he just pulled it out. And he said, try again. It's like, I actually don't want to try again. You know, I'll, I'll try after you've gone. <laughs> well, sure enough, guess what happened? It started. So then, of course, my next question is, you've come out for nothing. Who has to pay for this? No, no, he said, you have I said, I just feel so stupid. Oh, he said, that's all right. He said, that's all right, man. He said, you're not the only one, you know. It's never... <laughs> right? So it's, it kind of got me thinking. This bit of you have to push it all the way to the floor. You, in order to engage, you've got to push it all the way to the floor. In order to connect, you have to push it all the way to the floor. So 
what I've been doing, and it's actually come out of my, my own life, how am I connecting with people? You know, how do we connect? How are we connecting? Especially people who don't know Christ. How do we connect? If we're not connecting, why not? What's, is there something in the way? You know, a lot of people, oftentimes, people don't know much about God. Actually, my experience, and I deal with a, a kind of specific group, but they're not really interested. I don't want a God I have to be accountable to. Thank you very much. I don't want somebody telling me what to do, especially somebody that's going to tell me I'm bad, you know, that I'm a horrible person anyway. But I don't need it. And so a lot of, a lot of people have, have no real understanding of who God is and they have no real understanding of what it means to be a Christian. I've said it before. Their attitude to Christians, if... if if you say the word Christian or if you say that you're a Christian, what do people think? What is their response? Holier than thou? What else? Judgmental? Naive? Hypocritical? Hmm? Hmm? Yeah, but there's a lot of people out there who aren't. Who aren't. A lot of times, and, there, and there's a division. And if we don't recognize the division, we're living in la-la land. There's a division in this country between white and black. What, is, what do people think of the white church, of the white Christians? Oh, come on, somebody say it. It's the biggest thing going on at the moment. Come on. Racist. Racist. Folks, it's real. If we don't actually look at something like this, you know, because things like are uncomfortable. And so when something's uncomfortable, my natural reaction is just being human is to turn away. I want to seek comfort. So I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't know if you realize it or not, but there is anger. There's rage, as a matter of fact, just under the surface here. Scratch, just scratch a little bit and see what comes up. Even, dare I say, black Christians and white Christians. We're supposed to be the answer. We are supposed to be the answer. And there's this, you know, I really love you and I really like you and I really get along, except we're just not going to go there. So people don't know much about God. They don't really know what a Christian is, other than being judgmental, hypocritical, harsh, holier than thou. I've said it before. People think a Christian wants to grab them and throw them into a building somewhere because they think this is church. And when they hear the word church, many people, I'm being really negative and down at the moment, but many people have had bad experiences with church because they've been judged, (laughs) they've been looked down on, they've been left out. How good are we? How good are we at at integrating the people that come on a Sunday? Especially new people. Anybody get their name? Anybody get their phone number? Anybody call them during the week? You know, those are the things that that speak of friendliness and concern. You know, I care about you. Hello, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I think, too, we need to remember we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You know, it is, it's not people. Our, our fight is principalities and powers. But we also need to remember that, that, that God loves the world. 
So all the horrible people who, you know, don't like Christians and don't like church and don't like whatever, God actually loves them. I love what the message says. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son into the world to point an accusing finger at the world. He came to help. He came to save. I I saw a thing a, a while ago about what people think of when they think of God. So one person said, the question was, what is God like? One person said, "Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue. The other person said, I don't know. Once in a while he comes in handy, and then once in a while I blame him for everything. What's God like? A friend. A sort of spiritual peacefulness, more of a feeling, like energy. What's God like? He's a celestial being, not of this world. God is an ever-loving God. He's God of all, and he's my Savior. One. What's God like? There isn't a God. What's God like? Well, that's a really tough one because, well, I've been drinking. But I'll tell you something. I think you can't describe him until you actually meet him. Hey, so we got one right answer. We got another right answer, and the guy had been drinking. It's like, it's okay. He got it right. He got it right. What people think about God is really, really important. And they actually see what God is or who God is and what he's like. From you and me. So if they think I'm judgmental, they think there's a judgmental God. You know, if I, they think I'm standoffish and holier than thou, then they think that that's what God thinks of them too. That they're way down here and he's way far away. Today people learn, they, they, we learn about things by what's called osmosis. You know what osmosis is? Osmosis is just, you just absorb it, hey. For example, everybody in this room, pretty well, other than myself, speaks with an accent. (laughs) How did you get your accent? How did you get your accent? I mean, as a kid, did you just sort of... Say, well, I'm, I'm going to speak a certain way. You just, yeah, you just picked it up from everybody around you. So most people, and I'm talking about people who do not know Christ, they, they, what they know about God, about Jesus, has just been absorbed by what else, what's out there, which includes movies, TV, celebrities, everything that's out there, which is really can be quite... Uh, awe-inspiring, awesome. Okay? So general knowledge, wisdom, all of that kind of stuff. And it's really funny because there's a thing called malapropisms. Anybody heard that before? You heard of it? It's when, and it's going to kind of, it's not really fair because I'm doing this in English, so all the Zulu speakers and the Shona speakers, it's not really fair to you, but I don't know it in Zulu, so I'm going to say it in English. What happens is, People say, use a word, and it's kind of close-sounding. It kind of sounds like the right word, but it definitely isn't the right word. So, for example, somebody said, um, there's a guy called Walter, and they said, you know, he's so knowledgeable. He's such a suppository of knowledge. mean suppository they mean repository you know the guy knows so much hey here's a here's a good one ella said that she is allergic to all shellfish so she can't eat any more crushed asians <laughs> it's hilarious hey rainy weather can be hard on the sciences sinuses That's kind of what people have when they talk about God. 
there's this kind of, you know, I don't know if you talk to people who don't know God, but some of the things you say, they say, you just think, where on earth did you get that from? You know? So here, this morning, here are two questions. Number one, are we connecting? Are you? Are you connecting? Are, am I? Are we connecting with people? And number two, if not, is there something in the way? So, you're going to help me. We're going to learn. And I'm not an expert, okay? I'm not trying to say I've got the answers. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty either. What is important, 1 Peter 3.15. Now get ready because I'm going to ask you questions, okay? So, 1 Peter 3.15 says this. In your hearts... Set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. With gentleness and respect. Okay. So... My car and the misconnection of my clutch or ignition are coupled up with a thing that is found in the Gospels after Jesus rose from the dead. And there was a man who went to Pilate and he asked a question. Do you remember who he was? Joseph of Arimathea had a tomb. And they put the body of Christ in the tomb. Isn't that right? So it's a, it's a hole in a rock. <laughs> so they took the body of Christ. That's an Old Testament thing. We're, hey, we're talking resurrection marks a new beginning. So Old Testament is the literal thing that's happening. New Testament is the spiritual experience of what's happened. Took the body of Christ. Who's the body of Christ? You and me took the body of Christ, right? wanted it. Pilate, Pilate asked him a question. What did he ask him? No, it wasn't an are you. What did Pilate ask Jesus when Joseph of Arimathea came and said, give me the body of Christ? What did Pilate ask? Is he dead? Is he dead? And the answer was, yes. Yes. Give me the body of Christ, okay? Is he dead? Yes. Okay, let's take him and put him in a tomb. And let's close up the entrance. And that's that. Of course, we know that wasn't that. That wasn't that. Jesus rose. Jesus rose. And so when his disciples went to that rock, that place where the body of Christ was, what happened? He wasn't there, was he? Where was he? Where was he? He's on the street, man. He's on the street. The body of Christ, the body of Christ cannot be locked up. And I'm not saying anything about meeting together on a Sunday. But if we think this is church, we are in problems because it's a dead model. It's a dead model. The life of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, Jesus himself was out there. So, I've given you enough time. Let's start with some questions. What questions are people asking today? I don't mean about God or about Jesus. I just mean, what do people want to know today? 
What questions? Enoch. Don't choose me. <laughs> um, is the rand doing well today? Yeah. The rand doing... The rand. Okay. The rand. <laughs> the rand. Where's Eric? There you are. He's trying to hide. We talked one time about being practical and, and talking to people. So what, when you talk to people at work or wherever, what are they, where are they coming from? You really are putting me on the spot, aren't you? Um, I had a question, though, maybe a different line. Um, I think the question is, do the ideals actually work? The Hollywood dream, does it really work? Yeah. Or do you give up and just follow your next, the next step? People are looking for a Hollywood dream. Hi. What else? Somebody, put your hand up. Come on. Yeah. I think they're asking, where is God that he's letting this happen? Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Why is there all this suffering in the world? Why did my two-year-old child die? You know, yeah. What is the actual meaning of life? Exactly. Exactly. And the, more, the, the harder life gets... The more difficult things are, the more that question is asked. What the heck? Hey? Is this all there is? What am I on a treadmill? Work and go to bed and get up and work and go to bed. And... Hey, Stuart. I'm doing this because he's a good friend of mine. Here we go. All the people I know are trying to find themselves. That's the answer, that, or that's the question that they do. But they're trying to. Like busy climbing mountains to try and find themselves. Yeah. I don't even know what that really means to what, what. What does it mean to try and find yourself? That's 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 really true, hey. And sometimes that question isn't so much answered as put aside, because I can find something that will keep me busy, give me a sense of accomplishment. Okay, if I have nothing. That, I, that I'm doing or whatever that gives me a sense of purpose and accomplishment, let me climb a mountain. Sandra, we talked briefly. This is unfair because I've just met this lady. What are people asking? What are, what are your friends and family asking? The same thing. Where is God? Okay. Where is God? So, Lani... <laughs> the identity, where do I belong? Yeah. What, what else? Anybody got something else? I think people want to know what they can do to feel loved and appreciated and secure and um, happy. Yeah, security's huge, huge. What on earth, how am I going to survive tomorrow, next month, next year? What about all the other religions? Good one, good one. What about everybody else? Why only Jesus? You guys are exclusive. You're intolerant. You've got people who are angry with God. Absolutely. If there is a God. So, have we got the answers to those questions? Can we connect? How many people do you know, and I'm here is a real, I don't mean it, I'm not being nasty, I'll put you down. How many people have got good friends that they see on a fairly regular basis that are non-Christian? Family. Family counts. Family counts. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, for, for, for some of us that don't, we need to cultivate friendships. But we need to cultivate friendships without an agenda. Because one of the big things, one of the big, excuse me, attitudes people have 
for, for Christians is don't push. Do not try to convert me. You know, if I think you're, you're only hanging around with me because, again, you want to take me, throw me in a building somewhere, forget, forget it. I've got more to do with my time. But relationships are huge. Friendships and relationships are huge. If you have people that you will be friends with, even if they never come to Christ, even if, even if, they, if, even if they stay away all their lives, uh, even if it's heartbreaking, you'll still be their friend. See, for decades, there was a thing called evangelism explosion, and it was a thing that was happening at the time. And the question, does anybody remember the question that you were supposed to ask people? There you go. Yeah, there you go. Good for you. <laughs> it, was this, it was this how to reach people and how to bring people to Christ. And the key question was this. When you die and get to heaven, why should I let you in? The question was that you were supposed to talk to people, even stop people on the street, people you didn't know, and say to them, ask them, if you were to die tonight and end up at the pearly gates of heaven, and Peter, or I don't know why Peter, but Peter was standing there and asked you the question, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Yeah. Which, really, which is actually, it's just undone you before you even start, you know. Hey. Yeah. I mean, all those things. You know, all those things. Stop people and, and say to them, you know, do you know any of the Ten Commandments? And, and we've all seen DVDs on this, you know. And how many commandments? And, 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 and you know, what does it say? And, you know, uh, you're not supposed to lie. So have you ever lied? Oh, well, yes. Well, I guess you've broken a commandment. What are you going to do about it? It's like somewhere or other it says, he who says he has no sin, he's without sin. What's supposed to happen? So the person who's asking the questions better go gather up some rocks and throw them at themselves. Hey. It, it just, it just, it's just, it's just not there. It doesn't change anybody. They can give a question and they can, you can make them feel guilty. But actually when they walk away, what's happened? Yeah, make them shut the door even tighter. See, it, it's only relevant for people if, if they actually think about death and if they think about heaven. And most people actually I don't, I don't even want to go there. When, when people, I just talk from my experience, when people get to know you, all right, they get to know you, really you, and I'm, again, I'm talking about people who don't know Christ, or maybe aren't quite as mature in their Christian walk as you are, okay, a lot of times you'll find that gradually questions come along. Jesus, if you look at him, he oftentimes answered a question with another question. So when someone asks you about this hope that you have, of course, I'm not going to ask you that if you're hopeless. Hi. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Man, I, I'm not, again, I'm not pointing fingers. That's me. That's me. I was in a conversation yesterday morning with someone, with a group, actually. And afterwards, someone said, can I pray for you? It's like, I was like gobsmacked. I didn't even know the person was a Christian. Lovely, lovely guy. Hi. And I said, yeah, of course. And we just stepped into a hallway and he just put his arm on me and he just said, Father, I just thank you that you are the source of Eileen's needs. I thank you she doesn't have to worry about the rand or 
You know? I just thought, isn't that funny? That's what was being picked up. I didn't even know that that's what was, I was projecting. But there was a, someone who just very gently, and whether I'd been a Christian or not a Christian, I would love to have heard that. So Jesus, a lot of times, asks a question, I mean, answers the question with another one. If somebody asks you about the hope that you have in whatever way that comes, the worst thing that we can do is start at Genesis and go to Revelation. Please. You know? And, and, and please don't talk about the rapture <laughs> to non-Christians. It's like... You know? Some of the people think that's good news. They really do. It's like, hooray, all these lunatics are going to be gone. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. You know? A lot of that stuff and a lot of TV, uh, um, whatever God channel stuff, this prosperity gospel and everything else, you have no idea how much harm that is done to the church. Right? People think it's a three-ring circus. It's just nonsense. You know? Anybody that was here in the early 80s, that whole <laughs> the prosperity gospel just was like a dump truck over the whole of South Africa. Remember, People going down to, to NMR, right? and, and going down, walking into the showroom and putting their hands on the latest Mercedes and praying out loud, I claim this in the name of Jesus. This is mine. You know, I mean, people are going, what on earth? Huh? Hmm? Can I ask a question with a question? They asked him, he said, what, is, that, is that important? I mean, why is that important to you? What, how do you understand that now? You know, how do you, how do you explain that? You'll find out more because it's really important to answer questions that are being asked rather than answering questions that don't have any place to land. There aren't any cheap, easy answers for really complex questions. Why did that child die? Oh, my land. Where was God? Here's, a, here's one of the most powerful things that you can do. I said, be friends and stay friends. Number two is lead yourself with integrity. Do you remember David Daniel from Pakistan when he was here? One of the things that he said with, with Christians in Pakistan, which is really, really difficult, but one of the things he said was that, that people actually liked them and they liked to do business with them because Christians were honest. They were trustworthy. How true is that today? Here in South Africa, right? The accusation often is, and they were supposed, they're supposed to be a Christian, right? Lead yourself with integrity. I have friends who are from um, what was East Germany, East Berlin, and um, way back when the wall came down, um, they actually made a visit to South Africa and they stayed with a group of friends of mine. And people wanted to sort of entertain them and show them around. And so they, they said, would they like to go to, to Sandlam? And Sandlam Center in Pinetown had just been built to show you how long ago that was. And so Michael Schmidt said, well, I mean, what is Sandlam? And they said, oh, it's a big shopping center. You know, it's got lots of shops and lots of stuff going on and whatever. And he said, no. And people were blown away. It's like, what do you mean, no? What do you mean, no? You can go shopping, you know. What do you mean, no? Why, why wouldn't you want to go? And he said, no. He said, we don't want to see things that we can't have because it will draw us away 
from what we're supposed to be about right now. I thought, my hat. Hey, how's that for, Lord, please give me an Audi. Be authentic. Be genuine. Don't be schmaltzy. Don't be, you know, Christian-y. Just be real. Huh? Just be real. Listen. Really, really listen. Listen. There's a, there's a slide there somewhere that talks about our problem, our challenge with listening. The biggest communication problem is we don't listen to understand. We listen to give a reply. Listen. Listen. I have a good, good friend. And I've I've been friends with her for probably three years. We're both in the same uh, group together. And, And I... I am amazed at the grace of God for this lady and many others who actually are anti-Christian. <laughs> it just it blows my theology to pieces. When people are in situations and they and afterwards they'll say, "You know, I just prayed. I just said, "Oh God, you know, you got to get me through this or uh, you know, I've got a place to go and I'm in the middle of a traffic jam or somebody had an accident or my bumper fell off or whatever it is." And God helped. You, you have no idea. I'm supposed to be somewhere, and it's a, a really important because it's a job, and it's going to bring in some money, and I really need the money in my car and a flat tire. And I went behind, and I just thought, oh, Lord, now what? I went back in the car to get my phone and came back out again, and the tire is not flat. No, you have to be a Christian. Blow you away what God does. God is gracious because he woos. He courts us. He tells us what he's like before we even ask. Because he loves us. Hey? Don't push. Hey? Also, there's a thing called missio dei, which is a real kind of funny word. It just means God was there before you. (laughs) God... God is working with that person and was there in their life before me. And it's him that's working. I'm not asking God to help me. I'm saying, God, how, am I, how can I be a help to what you are doing in this person? Don't argue. Don't argue. That old saying, a man convinced against his will is a man who needs convincing still. Yeah, you can defeat them, but actually, nothing's changed. Use everyday language, not Christianese. Here we go. Don't say, ask Jesus into your heart. What? Where did that come from? Children's church, maybe, or something. I don't know. It's not in the Bible. The Bible talks about repenting of our sins. It actually talks about asking God for forgiveness. It doesn't say anything about asking Jesus into our heart. Sin. What is sin? Sin's a word that's gone. It's disappeared. Huh? So to say sin is like, mm, my rejection of God. The things that I did in my life, the things that I've done in my life that are barriers between myself and God, between yourself and God. Repentance. Turning back to God. You can turn back to God again now. Born again. If I had a chalkboard, I'd do this. Oh, born again. You've got born again everything. So you've got born again biscuits. You've got born again cars. You've got born again. Don't use born again. Or what's the other one? Reborn. Oh, no. God changed me from the inside out. I didn't get born again. I came to Christ. I came to Jesus and God changed me from the inside out. Still doing it. Hmm? Faith. Trust. Hmm? Yeah. 
Are you a born again Christian? If somebody said that, I would say, I would say, you know, I came to Christ and God's been changing me from the inside out ever since. It's a, it's a, it's a phrase that has a really kind of nasty taste. Non-Christians or non-Christian. Just people who haven't discovered Jesus yet. Or people who are only discovering that there's a God now. Just gentle. Huh? When you pray, ditch the word just. And think. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we're just coming to you today to just thank you, Jesus, for just that we, we know that you're just with us. And, and Lord, we just ask Jesus that, Father, that you would guide us on our way. And we just know that you, you will be there, Father, because, Lord Jesus, this is... What? I mean, really, it's like, please, slow down. Slow down and just think. Just think. Hmm? Okay. Things like, let me share my testimony with you. No. Sometime if you have... A chance or we can get together for a cup of coffee again or whatever. I'll tell you what it was like for me. Or I'll tell you my experience. And respond to questions that actually come from people who want to know. Because otherwise, if you're dealing with an intellectual argument kind of thing, you're not going to get anywhere. It's better just to set it aside. We're not earning points and stars or anything. Because the challenge, I'll tell you why, the challenge of belief is not located here. It's located here. Spend time. Spend time. Be willing to spend time. Pastor in Tanzania. There's an old guy somewhere. Picture of an old guy. Um, Pastor in Tanzania that, that Colin and I met when we were there. His church is in a little ramshackle shack. Daryl, can you find that? There's an old man was standing with a couple of babies and stuff. Yeah. Oh, can't really see him much. He's he just in a little tin shack in a, in a way out, middle of nowhere. The most amazing guy. He, he, was, he was about an hour away from Ngorongoro crater in the northern part of Tanzania. And there was a group in a village um, that was about a half a day's walk away that did not know Christ. And so he used to go there. And he'd go there every year. And they took, and he's an old man, they'd take him and beat him up and throw him in a shed. So we don't want to hear from you. We don't hear anything you've got to say. They'd beat the heck out of him and throw him in a shed and lock him up for three days. And then after three days, they'd undo the lock and let him out. The next year, he went again. And the same thing happened. Beat the heck out of him. And he went home, and then he went back again the next year. Took seven years. (laughs) Seven years later, they said, old man, we think you're crazy. We think you are just panga. You are crazy. But you obviously have something to say. And we're at the point where we're going to give you a chance to talk. Seven years. Hmm? The other thing to do, (coughs) the other thing we can do, one of the things that I don't think we do much anymore of is fast. Pray. Pray. You know, I tend to pray when I've tried everything else and nothing works. eh? Pray first and fast. It's not a hunger strike. Fasting is not trying to make God do something he doesn't want to do. When we're hungry, we realize sometimes how much God provides. Isaiah says, is this not the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice. 
you hear Mr. Jacob Zuma's talk on uh, at Rustenburg? Oh, why not? The one just now. The NC, not 2016. Who listened to it? Anybody? What was what is one of the main things that he said? What's going to happen? Do you know? Do you remember? Land. The number one thing on the issue. On I mean, number one thing on the agenda 2016 is the speeding up of land reform. Land that what well, I'm quoting him land that was stolen from the indigenous people now if if we can get over the piece of ground that your house or my house is sitting on at the moment where we kind of get oh, like this folks i got to tell you something it's a true statement as much as we like it or we don't like it right things have to change I don't like change. <laughs> I don't want my comfort disturbed. But folks, we're the answer. So our response to things like that cannot be There's our response to that has to be how do we help? I want to suggest something. It's a bit of a different kind of fast. It's called a techno fast. and i'm in a way i'm sorry that the rolling blackouts have ended cuz escom was really helpful in this for me a techno fast is this choose the day and spend a day with no cell phone if if somebody calls you you have to answer but no sitting with texts okay no phone calls no computers and no TVs nothing that can be plugged in if it's plugged in it has to be unplugged no techno stuff because we spend we consume our days with this stuff right a techno fast means this day instead of TV computer my cell phone my whatever i'm going to pray and when i'm not praying i'm going to read becoming a lost art mm. yeah the oldies are like that's easier i don't know how to work my cell phone anyway is that it and i don't have a laptop i want to end with with this somewhere Yesterday I was at a funeral. Just talking to Mary Ellen at the beginning. Yesterday I was at a funeral. I was at a funeral for a young lady. Lovely, lovely gal who lost a battle. She lost a battle. Thankfully, the war was won for her. And she really truly is in a better place. But the reality the reality of what was happening and the people that ended up there at a memorial service i just looked around and i just thought god you know these are the people who are not respectable these are the people that have got real wreckage in their past that was me is me they sang a song at the very end and I, I wish i had the actual song but i've got the words the amazing thing is that all the people who are there other than people who taught life skills or whatever all the people who are there are addicts and alcoholics huh this is the song it's by a guy called matthew west and excuse my croaky voice Hello. Hello. My name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we have met. 
every single day of your life. I'm the whisperer inside that won't let you forget. Hello, my name is Defeat. I know you recognize me. Just when you think you can win, I'll drag you right back down again till you've lost all belief. These are the voices, these are the lies, and I have believed them for the very last time. Hello, my name is the child of the one true king. I've been saved, I've been changed, and I've been set free. Amazing grace is the song I sing. Hello, my name is the child of the one true king. I'm no longer defined by all the wreckage behind. The one who makes all things new has proven it's true. Just take a look at my life. What love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called his children. I am a child of the one true king. What love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called his children. Hello, my name is a child of the one true king. I've been saved and changed, and I've been set free. Amazing grace is the song I sing. Hello. My name is the child of a one true king. Hmm? The power in that song is that there are things in it that we all identify with. You don't have to be an alcoholic or an addict to have wreckage in your past. And it's those things that people identify with. It's when someone knows, I may not, I may not have been in your exact circumstances, but my friend, I've been right where you are. Right? I sing the same melody as you. Right? And I'm no different than you. The only thing is, I know the next verse. And my identity is that I'm a child of the one true king. Right? So I'm just going to close because we're out of time. So what I just want to leave you with is connection. Connection. You have to push it all the way to the floor. Right? Halfway doesn't make it. Got to push it all the way to the floor. Connect with the real you, the genuine, authentic you, the friend. Amen. Amen. Thank you.